0: This is episode number 476 with Camille Virginia, How to Ditch the Apps and Date Offline Even in a Pandemic. Camille is a returning guest. We love her so much, we wanted her back. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want some support on that journey to lasting love, I wrote a book just for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, and it's filled with 30 tips and stories and exercises that are designed to help you step more fully into your value by doing my three pillars, which are show up, stand up, speak up, and you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip from the book is step number six, which is learn to receive graciously we often have a hard time receiving. We're givers, we want to give to other people, but when somebody wants to give to us, we are like, no, I got this. And especially in dating, and I know we'll get into some of the things that we can say differently with Camille, but I want to encourage you this week to just say thank you. If somebody gives you a compliment, if somebody offers to help you, thank you so much. That's the answer, not, oh, no, I got this. (laughs) And before we get into the uh, podcast for today, I want to invite you, if you're not yet a member, to join our Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date. We have seven fabulous monitors who help me keep this group focused on positive growth. This is not a place to come and whine and complain and put men down and say how horrible dating is. Yes, we have bad days. But the focus has to be on how are we going to grow, how are we going to learn, in order to really be at the end of that journey of dating and really find our person. So join us there at your last first date. And now for my guest, Camille Virginia. She's the author of the best-selling book, The Offline Dating Method, it's her three step process to help singles ditch the apps and attract a partner in real life, in the real world. She is dedicated to helping people create a more meaningful life offline, even in a pandemic. She's been featured in media, including The Atlantic, the BBC, and USA Today. Welcome back, Camille. Thanks for having me, Sandy. It's a pleasure. I always love talking to you because very few people talk about offline dating. It's all about the (laughs) online dating. And then you get the people say, I don't want to date online. It sucks. So um, why is it so important for us to connect now? Now in the middle of COVID, we're sort of at the end of COVID, but now we're back in the middle of COVID. (laughs) So why? Why is it so important?
1: Well, When we thought COVID was just going to be a few months back in spring 2020, everyone just wanted to hunker down, order your groceries online, stayed out of the grocery store, and we thought we could just kind of power through it, get it under control, and that would be that. And now we're 18 months into it, and this thing's not going anywhere. So um, it's important to remember your mental health as well as your physical health. So it's finding that balance of, you know, unless you're immunocompromised or there's a really good reason why you absolutely need to be in lockdown, it's finding that balance that works for you, still staying safe, but acknowledging your human need for connection because if you don't and you isolate yourself, then a whole bunch of other comorbidities are gonna pop up that have to do with loneliness, which actually can become physical impairments as well.
0: Yeah, I so agree. I think many, many people started to have like bad mental things going on after we thought it was gonna end and we thought it was gonna end. And, you know, it's like the isolation was really getting to people and I saw people having breakdowns. And so it's it's finding that balance, like you said, with staying safe with the need for that human connection because we really do need human connection. So how do we do it? (laughs) How do we date (laughs) offline during the pandemic? Well,
1: like with anything in life that's important it's being intentional so it's it's following your local government regulations of course you know there's certain things required start with that but then after that's in place define what your comfort level is are you comfortable meeting people with masks on less than six feet away or only six feet away or only outside you know what does that look like and then work within those parameters to meet people so maybe you're only comfortable, with masks on outside, go to the dog park, and get your social time in at the dog park, you know, maybe you don't even have a dog, <laughs> you just go to the dog park. And that's your social time, because it's outside, you're comfortable, people have a reason for being there. They're, you know, just watching their dogs, probably not doing a lot, except for being on their phones, which means they're probably not doing anything important. <laughs> and, um, you know, so so working with that, or uh, doing a hiking group or things that are outside, you know, the weather's still fairly decent. So being creative with that if you're uh comfortable just being six feet away with masks on then that opens up a lot of other things if you're okay being inside um i've met guys at uh socially distanced concerts and um fairs and you know just it's, it's kind of just being creative and, and seeing where are the opportunities to meet someone and listening to that little voice inside your head that says get out Go connect with someone because if you if you're getting that voice of, you know it's time to you haven't talked to anyone in a long time it's time to go connect or you're feeling lonely, that's Mother Nature's loving nudge to get out and connect because we do need connection as much as we need human or um, uh, food and water it's actually been shown that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's really true. I it find it really interesting that you said dog park because i run this this membership program called the woman of value club and i think you were a guest on the woman of value club in the past talking about Mm -hmm. offline dating and we had a guest this month who talked about how to have difficult conversations and ask the hard questions and she met her partner at a dog park Uh, no actually she met the guy before her partner at a dog park and (laughs) So she, you know, handsome guy, they're talking, it's a small town. She kind of knew who he was, but not well. And um, he, they were going to meet and she had him quarantine for two weeks and she was going to quarantine for two weeks because she has a son who's, who's immunocompromised. And after they decided to comp to, to quarantine, he started to get weird. Like he started to pull away a little bit and not be in contact as much. And she kind of called him out on it. And he got really mean and ornery and angry and controlling. And she was like, "Hmm, I'm not gonna meet this guy. So that's an important thing to remember too. Like if you put your boundary down and say, I need two week quarantine before we meet or I only will meet somebody wearing a mask and they push back, then we get to make a choice whether we want to meet somebody who's not going to respect the boundary.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's so true. When if you can't have a discussion about something as serious as um, you know, a pandemic that might affect your son and someone isn't respecting that boundary, then there's a preview of your future relationship with this person. It's only going to get more difficult, whether it's what groceries to buy or um, you know, where do we go for vacation, or I need you to, to listen, I had a bad day at work. I mean, good, good luck with those things if you can't even respect your boundaries for COVID. So it's, it's great that people can screen themselves out very quickly using the pandemic as a topic.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. So we were talking a little before our uh, podcast episode today, and you told me you even had a relationship during COVID and you met seven guys after that relationship ended. <laughs> so tell us tell us how you went about meeting all these men during a pandemic. So yeah,
1: I met my now former boyfriend uh, in the middle of summer 2020. I went to an outdoor dinner with friends. I wasn't expecting him to be there and they had invited him and he showed up and we just hit it off. And then we both talked about what our parameters were with COVID. we were both on the same page we did a lot of stuff outdoors and um and yeah we ended up dating for a year and and living together so you know unfortunately our values didn't align um one of them being honesty (laughs) (laughs) but uh better to find that out you know sooner than later and so we ended the relationship at the beginning of summer and since then yeah i've met six or seven guys offline Just being out and about because I really, you know, in the process of grieving the breakup and um, everything that we, he and I had been planning together, and you know, knowing and absorbing that that wasn't going to happen anymore, I felt lonely for the first time in a long time, and I wasn't lonely before I met him, so that was very aggravating. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it pushed me to go outside and do a lot of things. I did. Uh, river floats, reservoir swims, outdoor concerts, comedy shows, hikes, went to the beach, um, reconnected with old friends, made new friends, went to a farmer's market and um, sat by myself with a glass of hard cider right outside this cute little cider and ale house, made five new friends that night <laughs> <laughs> just by sitting at a picnic table by myself um, and staying off my phone. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, it was perfect there was a it was like you could see six people and there was limited capacity. And so I kind of knew that people might ask to sit down and they did, and then they knew other people walking around and they joined and it was just wonderful. I've met the most amazing people this summer, which was very unexpected and wonderful.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I find that most people don't even make eye contact. They really just go through life on their phones, like you were saying before at the dog park and they don't even notice that there are people. I remember last time you were on the show, you talked about being in Chicago, right? And and clicking how many how many single people seemed to pass during I don't know it was an hour or so and it, it was like yeah. so many people.
1: Yeah, good memory. It was a 45 minute walk and I passed within 500 and within an arm's reach with 551 people in 45 minutes. Like that's how many people were going by. So yeah, a lot of people. That's a lot of people, and even if you know half of them were the gender you're attracted to and half of those were single, that's still like almost two hundred people in your market
0: <laughs> yeah, so people always want to know like how do I know if somebody's single if i'm meeting them how do how, what do you do
1: um, well, they could read that section in my book um, but <laughs> to to expand upon that it's you don't know we can't tell from looking at someone, and so if you Make a decision for someone like, oh, that person's so attractive. They've got to be in a relationship. I'm just not even going to try. When you catch yourself making decisions for other people, stop right there. You have no idea what what this person, their relationship status is, who they are. We can make snap judgments about people based on appearance, but we have to be open to having those be wrong because a lot of times they are, you know. So um, this is why I say just approach everyone with the same conversation skills with the same icebreaker, just have a a casual icebreaker, uh, comment on something around you, ask a question about something they're wearing that genuinely interests you. You don't know if this is going to be your next date, your next client, your next best friend. So just release that outcome. And the script is the same for everyone. And at some point, if it gets a little flirty, um, and maybe you notice a wedding ring or something, Then, you know, you can excuse yourself or say, oh, I see you're married. How did you meet your wife? I love those stories or, you know, incorporate the partner in or, you know, at some point they will have to let you know, even if they don't have a wedding ring on, if they're in a relationship, but you, you, it's impossible to tell that by looking, you have to engage people and just know that even if this person's in a relationship, they'll likely appreciate the connection because we are so starved for connection these days.
0: Yeah, those are really good suggestions. I know a lot of people do make conversation, but they keep it in a realm of poly, boring. They go, yeah, I can talk to anybody anywhere. But they ne- those people never know that they're actually interested in dating and that they're single. So how do you convey that? Now, you're talking about how do we get to know them, but how do they know what your intentions are?
1: Well, a few things. So, if you just stay on safe topics like the weather or someone's bag that you commented on, first of all, no one cares after 30 seconds, right? You're just, it gets real awkward real fast. So, the problem with staying on those topics is that you're giving someone a preview of what conversation with you would be like. And so, if it's just surface level stuff, why would that person want more? time talking to you if that's all they can see like oh god if i went on a date with this person we'd be talking about the weather and shoes and stuff for i don't know how long i don't want to i don't want more of this conversation (laughs) so you've got to get off that icebreaker topic that's just the icebreaker is just meant to see if the other person is open to talking and especially in the age of covid you know being respectful of people who don't want to be connecting with people is is really important so the icebreaker is just like a, hitting a tennis ball to someone, you know, hey, you're going to hit it back. What's going on here? Want to play a game? Nope. All right. See you later. I'm going to go <laughs> hit a ball to this person over here. Um, but to get off the the, top, the icebreaker, whatever it is, just ask a, day, a question like, how's your day going? Just something that's open ended. And of course, they could answer good. How about you? And then, you know, you feel free to expand upon it a little more like, oh, it's going really well. Actually, this morning I did this and this and this, which shows that you're open to continuing the conversation and lets them and then maybe you ask a follow up question that's open ended as well and see if they want to engage on a more personal level, because if they were just asking about a can of spaghetti sauce you were holding at the grocery store and that's all they wanted to know, then when you ask how how their day is going and they just say good and walk away, then that's perfectly safe you know it's like on to the next person but you may strike up a great conversation with someone when you follow up with a um, open-ended question to get off the small talk
0: yeah people don't ask open-ended questions it's like I I even was looking at a, a friend of mine has an application to get on a coaching call with her and there were a lot of yes or no questions and I said why are you asking yes or no questions you want to know a little bit more about the person before you get on a call but people don't realize it, you know? And she's really smart, great coach, didn't have any idea she was asking closed questions. Uh, One thing that I had heard about something like, how's your day going, um, is to be able to kind of segue that into bringing up a topic that you have something you love. Like my day is great because And, you know, like recently I was chatting with somebody on a dating app and I said I had a great day because I went to the botanical gardens today it's my happy place what's yours. So now we're in a conversation, and he didn't answer me. So (laughs) that conversation's done. (laughs) But, um, and that's what happens a lot with people online because we haven't made a real connection yet. And it's like, I'm just curious about something really small about your life. But yeah, you can tell is a person ready to engage? Are they not ready to engage? And I think the more we can share those little tidbits about our life, the better it is. Right.
1: Definitely. And it gives jumping off points so that we can go deeper with things like oh why or how long have the botanical gardens been your happy place why do you like them so much can you describe your day, day there and so then you can get more visceral you can get into more someone's why behind they why they like something not just that they like it and you want the person who's going to explore that you know yeah. um because yeah otherwise you're you talk about the gardens for 5 minutes and then it's on to the next thing and you topic bounce, you, you go for, you want to go for depth, like on one topic, go as deep as you can, as opposed to breadth, because breadth, you're jumping along, you're going to run out of stuff. It's not fulfilling. Um, it, I, I feel like verbal whiplash a little bit. If someone asks me too many yeah. unrelated questions, I'm like, where are we going with this? Let's just pause <laughs> on one topic. Let's go deeper. Tell me everything <laughs> about this. Why do you feel this way? Why did you make that decision? I want to know more about that. Like, and it just feels so much better. And that's when people really open up is when you ask great questions.
0: Mm-hmm. If they can take it to the next step. And I love that verbal, what'd you say? Verbal. Verbal whiplash. Whiplash. Yes, that's, that's so good. Yeah, uh, yeah I, it, people tend to do that on dates too. Like it's just a barrage of questions and they think that asking a million mm-hmm. questions can help them get to know somebody. But honestly... It doesn't mm. because you want to know the why. Like you said, the why is the most important thing. What do you love about your job? If you don't love your job, what would you rather be doing? Why do you want to do that? <laughs> you know, and then you could just keep going down that path instead of I'm a lawyer. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's like
1: fine day outside yeah. for a walk, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, just like unrelated. You're like, right. yeah, okay. Yeah, I think There's it's like, gonna rain. There- I know. Oh gosh. Oh, that's the worst. I yeah. I mean, in my position, I do love a tough nut to crack like that. I find that as a great challenge. I'm like, oh, I see what you're used to. I'm gonna give you a great conversation here. <laughs> but like for most people, I know they're just struggling to be like, what question do I ask? How do I get to something meaningful? So I I have the five elements of a meaningful conversation in my book, The Offline Dating Method. So I literally mm. walk people through the five elements of how to get off the service level. And into something meaningful. And actually, I say that when you, I mean, the two main ingredients are asking great questions and then also listening. And I'm a visual listener. I don't, I, I didn't know this until uh, maybe five or six years ago. But when someone's talking, I visualize it. So that that's my, I call it the empathic listening technique. And it's something that anyone can do. I was just doing it naturally for thirty something years before. I was like, oh, and not, everyone doesn't do this. Oh. <laughs> And it's like a throwback to childhood story time, When we used to just sit and listen to the teacher read and we could use our imaginations and um, it was just so much fun. And for me, that's when someone is sharing a story, that's what I'm getting into. And it is, it makes conversation so much more powerful. You know the right questions to ask. There's, there's, for every share, there's like five or 10 more questions that, I, oh, I wanna know more about that. Wait, why did you do that? Who else was there? and um and it's fun because as opposed to reading a book or watching a movie you actually get to ask those questions you know you can't raise your hand in a movie and be like wait <laughs> i don't get that what's going on <laughs> why did he do that <laughs> but in a conversation you can jump in and say that and the other person will love it as long as you're not constantly jumping in because they're like oh my god you're really paying attention and that's like such a breakthrough for people i mean if people want to know the secret to getting a date, it's being a, a good question asker and a good listener. And that is it.
0: <laughs> it's true. And some people will dive too deep. And so I, you know, it's knowing like don't probe and don't ask personal questions. I mean, that's how I feel. Like if people will always ask about past relationships right away. And I don't really want to know that when I first meet somebody. I want to know who they are today I want to know Mm -hmm. if if they have something good to say about an ex I want to know that you know I want to know if they're bitter and if they're talking about family in a bitter way and friends and all the people who do terrible things to them you know it's like Mm -hmm. just but you know you you made me think about last night I was uh, evaluating a speech at our Toastmasters club And for anybody who doesn't know what Toastmasters is, it's a place to get better at public speaking and leadership. And so I've been a member for like seven years now. And um, I love giving evaluations because I get to really listen carefully to the speech and find areas of opportunity for growth. And this person was giving a storytelling speech. So her focus was supposed to be about telling a great story. And she really did not tell a great story. She told sort of a lecture on what I learned by doing such and such because she's not used to giving to telling stories. She's also from another culture where they're very fact oriented Mm, and German, (laughs) very fact driven, very, but it's, it's always like the analysis and the um, she's from China, which, Mm. you know, she was raised to be successful in the sciences and, you know, not really get into the, the descriptions of things. And, so I mentioned that, I mentioned her culture. And I said, you know, well, I wanna hear the story of growing up in China and how, how, what skills you had to learn to be great at work here. Because she had once told me that in China, she was raised to be um, a follower and not a leader. Like as a woman, she wasn't supposed mm. to take initiative and her job requires her to be a leader. And so how do you like constantly go against what you were taught as a child? that to me is fascinating. I would love for her to share that and how the struggles and the challenges that she faced as a person coming from another country where English was not her native language. That's fascinating to me, not just, I got this job and here are three things I learned, (laughs) you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, right. It's much more interesting to hear the emotions and the the why, like, and, and the struggles and the challenges and how you kind of arced into who you became. That to me is really fascinating to know about mm-hmm. a person.
1: Me too. And everyone has some uh, probably dozens of stories like that. even if they're from the U S and still live in the U.S., I mean, we all have hopes, fears, dreams, struggles. Um, and it's just, it's, like you said, not probing, but getting to that and creating a safe space. So you also have to, that's another element of the five elements of a meaningful conversation is to not judge because people can feel judgment. So when you ask a, a personal question, it has to be judgment-free. It has to come from an authentic place of curiosity. The energy of that, those words, and as you say it, will be felt by the other person. I've had complete strangers tell me things that they haven't told their friends or family when I, the first time that I meet them because I don't judge them, you know, I just, I just ask a question, or especially if someone kind of half mentions something, which is usually an invitation to go deeper, which most people will shy away from. And I'm like, okay, they want to talk about that. And I'll, I'll ask a baby question, an easy question to answer. If they answer, then go a little bit deeper. And you can build trust very quickly in those moments. Um, Of just being authentic and listening and and wanting to know more about this human standing or sitting across from you but yeah it has to be judgment free
0: that's such an important important thing to share because we go in with so many biases and we're not even aware of them most of the time unless we've really done some inner work and we have that consciousness but if we can come in with curiosity instead of judgment and also you know just mindset in general is just so important And coming in with an open mind and you're going to meet somebody and it's going to be interesting. And wherever it goes, it goes like we don't know but if people go in with this idea that it's a waste of time to go meet people offline, because I'm just not meeting the one. In five minutes, and
1: <laughs> like like it's working online too. By the way, you know, like right. you're not meeting the one in five minutes online either. Sorry, <laughs> that's not
0: how it works. But nope. yeah, if you change your mindset and realize that it's part of the journey, it's part of the process. It's it's you're engaging with people, and it's it's always interesting. I, I when I went to the botanical gardens the other day, I talked to the guard. The guard was you know, just repeating the same message to everybody over and over and everybody's ignoring her. Mm. And I just said, I had empathy for her. And I just said, how are you doing today? And she goes, I'm doing, I'm doing, (laughs) you know, she goes, it's air conditioned in here, which is better than being outside. And, you know, and it's just like, we started a conversation where everybody else was ignoring her. And then I met a guy on the tram who was there with his kids and we started talking and we ended up talking the entire time we were on the tram. So it's, it's, you know, my mom was with me and she was just in her own world and I'm here talking to everybody and she's a good talker too, by the way, she definitely loves to engage with people. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Um, so let's get into the uh, the steps to attract a great partner offline. You have three steps. Can you share what those are? Sure. Um, they're the, the three chapters of my book. So the first is
1: magnetic approachability. And that is attracting someone to you without even saying a word. So it's a whole chapter dedicated to just projecting approachability before you even open your mouth. So these are simple tips anyone can do. One of my favorites is dress for confidence in a conversation. That's just putting a little bit of effort into your appearance. So, um, if you're going to, I always use the grocery store because everyone needs groceries. But if you're going to the dog park, the grocery store, the post office, the bank, you're walking down the street, a a movie, wherever, even if you're going somewhere super casual, put some effort into your appearance. Um, I was at a resort uh, recently for a wedding and I was just going to lunch with my friend and her husband and their kids um, in the the resort lounge area buffet. And I put makeup on. I was like, you know what? I don't know who I'm going to meet down here. I want to look really good. And I ended up talking to a guy who ended up asking me on a date. And I had that confidence to, to not you know, shy away when we were talking. Like, oh, God, I should have put on makeup. I should have not been wearing my sweatpants. You know, like that energy will come across as being self-conscious and it's completely different energy and it comes through in, in your connection or lack thereof. So even if you're in a casual environment, it doesn't mean you're surrounded by casual people. So dress in a way that makes you feel good. Maybe it's not necessarily putting makeup on, but it's, you know, wearing a favorite sweater or just something that gives you a little more, um, a little more confidence and makes you stand out a little bit. And then the conversation part of that is to literally wear something that stands out a little bit, because Clothes are a really easy topic for people to comment on. They're very safe. So wear like a bright color or a cool hat or, um, you know, vintage jewelry or a pattern or something like that. Just stand up from the crowd a little bit, show some personality, and it gives people something easy to comment on so that they can come to you if you're, uh, like most women, you know, it's nice when the guy approaches you, it's a little less intimidating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love the, uh, just wearing something that people can start a conversation on. I've had so many people comment on earrings or a color or a top I'm wearing, especially earrings or jewelry. I think that's a great conversation piece.
1: Yeah, um, my friend Michelle, um, she would wear this pink crystal necklace everywhere, and we. I was when this was back when I was first developing my PowerPoint presentation, which eventually became my uh, books and courses and things. And I was telling her about, you know, when guys comment on something you're wearing as a woman, there's usually some level of interest there. And she's like, oh, yeah, guys compliment my pink pink crystal necklace all the time. I was like, great. How do you where do you take the conversation? She's like, I say thanks and walk away. Right. Oh, shoot. (laughs) I was like, Michelle, do you really think a bunch of men are interested in your pink crystal necklace? And she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) <gasps> ding 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 ding. You're so right. that's great. we fixed that for the next <laughs> round of guys who would compliment her pink crystal necklace. But that's what most women, right? We can get very literal of, you know, oh, thank you so much. Bye. Where are all the good men? It's and like four, four men have tried to talk to you in the past 10 minutes, uh, giving you random compliments. But because again, it's not, those are just the icebreakers, ladies, gentlemen, everyone. It doesn't matter what the topic is. That's just someone seeing if you're open to engaging. And then then you can get into the meaningful stuff, but they just want to see if you're open. So don't just answer the question, add something to it, tell a little story about it, or ask a question back, you know,
0: how, how's your day going? <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Yeah, Yeah. great tip. Because people miss so many opportunities that they just don't even realize it. I know. Yeah. So what is what's the second step? So I kind of got into the second
1: step a little bit there. It's effortless engagement and it's just using that casual icebreaker. And I don't recommend having a pre-planned line that you say, because it will be out of context, you know. And I I know that some coaches advocate that to kind of throw someone off a little bit, like, would you call this Heather Gray or slate gray and someone you can kind of throw people off and it it can go either way they may be like uh i don't know you i'm leaving (laughs) or they may be like huh i don't know let me think about that and it might work so i'm just a fan of using something that's around you because it's going to be genuine authentic the person will instantly have context do you have a reason for asking it and it you're going to get a lot more hits than misses um, and people open to engaging So, I mean, that could be the weather, it could be someone's clothing, it could be, what are they drinking at the bar, which jog at the dog park is theirs, does that granola um, have macadamia nuts in it, you know, whatever. And then you can kind of see, I mean, at this point, what I've found is people are so starved for connection, even a simple question like that, and (laughs) they're like, I don't know, let me check to see if it does have macadamia nuts. Oh, it does. Oh, it's also got raisins. I love raisins. Do you like raisins? (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it's, people are just like, oh my God, someone to talk to. <laughs> right. <A human>. so, <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Someone acknowledged me. Woo! So, um, so yeah. And then of course you don't have to talk. You, you can be like, yeah, I'm actually trying this new diet or I'm trying to get back into fit, a fit shape. I've got a reunion coming up or something. And now you've, you've gotten off the topic of the granola or whatever it was, but that was, that was just the entry point.
0: So mm, love <laughs> it. Yes. I like that you're giving examples because people are like, I don't know what to say next. (laughs) So it's really helpful.
1: Anything is better than saying nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the third
1: step? The third step is asked out organically. So once you've said the icebreaker, asked the question, whatever, then you get into meaningful territory. And that's simply with an open-ended question of how's your day going? What's the best part of your day? Um, you know, something like that. And then I, I mean, the chapter three, step three is half the book. So that's really walking through people through how to create a meaningful conversation, but it can happen so fast. That could happen within 30 seconds. You just ask a great question like, um, oh, one of the, a guy that I met at a fair, um, he had, he I was walking to throw something away. He dropped his sunglasses. I said, oh, you dropped your sunglasses. He said, oh, thanks. I'm giving them to my friend's wife. And we chatted a little bit like, okay, went our separate ways. And then I was actually coming out of the porta potties and I don't know if he'd been watching me go in or whatever. And I'm washing my hands and he comes up. He's like, Hey, are you single? (laughs) And I was totally caught off guard. But of course, then I snapped right back into it because. I'm an offline dating coach and we, we just started chatting and I noticed he had an accent and I was like, oh, where's your accent from? He's like, oh, I'm originally from Philly, but I have a business in New York and blah, blah, blah. Cause I could tell he wasn't, I live in Oregon. I was like, this is not a guy from Oregon, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to know more about that. Cause I love where, you know, people are from and where they've traveled to and things like that. So that was something that I picked up on right away. And now we're talking about, I was like, oh, I've been to Philly. I love old, old city. I think it's called. Um, what part of New York is your business in? What do you do? He was an ex Navy SEAL. So that was interesting. So, um, yeah, it's just getting into meaningful territory by picking up on just something small that someone says or something you notice about them and asking about it. People love to share when they can genuinely feel like the other person wants to, to know about something.
0: Yeah, totally. That's a great story. I I think, uh, you know, I had a client who was in, uh, Panera Bread, working on her computer, which she didn't usually do. And I think she might have been meeting a date there. And she brought her computer. And then the date didn't work out. But another guy comes up to her while she's working. and He said, Hi, um, I haven't seen you here before. Are you single? And he just launched right into are you single? And she was like, Wow, I'm really impressed that you came over to me to ask that. Like she, she's learned to get out of her comfort zone by working with me. And um, he asked her out, and they went on a date. It, it wasn't the right fit, but it was like it—it it opened up a space for her to see how easy it is to meet people offline, and that she just got she's got to get out more and and you know and just engage with people. But you know, just acknowledging, wow, that took a lot of courage for you to come over here. <laughs> that was really nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: I when I would teach live workshops, we'd get to this part where half the women in the workshop would wear masks, like celebrity masks like David Beckham, Prince William, uh-huh. Will I Am. And they would be the guy in a scenario, and another woman would be the, the woman. And I would give them a scene. And they really got appreciation for how hard it is for someone like a man to approach a woman and risk rejection. And, you know, like, what do you talk about? And I had one client say, well, guys always say like weird random things to me when they want to start a conversation. And I said, well, what would you like them to say? And she's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I said, if you don't know what they should say to you to start a conversation, how the heck are they supposed to know? Like they're just going on the fly here. They see Mm -hmm. an attractive woman. They want to engage her. And they're just trying to think on their feet here, like help them out. Dating is a team sport. You know, don't put all the pressure on the guy. He's risking rejection to come up and public humiliation to come up to you. Be gentle with him and don't screen him out unless you're getting a seriously bad vibe because you know nothing about this guy. So explore that.
0: I love that. I, I think women totally judge men for the things that they say, the pickups and the... It is so hard to, to cold call somebody basically that's, I mean, you don't know this person from a hole in the wall and you're trying to start a conversation, whether it's online or offline, it's, it's awkward. And so you're just kind of pulling at like, I don't know, let's comment on something. And so, yeah, it's, we have to be kinder and more understanding and more appreciative. I believe that too. So you mentioned asking somebody out organically. And I I remember you talked about being in a pharmacy, I think, or talking about tennis. I look at this big memory of like, talking about going to a tennis game and then invite and asking if he was gonna be going or something, Was that? did I get that right?
1: Probably, I can't think of it right now, but (laughs) (laughs) chances are yes, that probably happens, Sandy. But I think um, also you might be thinking of, The example that I give, which is uh, how to get a date. So, how to turn that meaningful connection into a date. And it's to simply ask about um, activities that you guys like doing. Like, oh, what are your plans for the weekend? Or how do you typically spend your days? What do you do for fun? And that will bring up, you know, what they like, what they do on the weekends, what they like to do for fun. And these are things that could be potential date ideas. So, actually, I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago and Uh, a guy that I'd met a few times, um, was there and we were talking about hiking. He's like, yeah, I like to go hiking by myself and with my dog. I was like, I love to go hiking. You know, let me know if you ever want to go with a partner sometime. Uh, and he's like, great, I'll get your number. And that was as easy as that. It was, it was making it about hiking as opposed to, so I really enjoyed our conversation. Would you like my number or can I get your number? And it's like, that can work, but it can feel awkward. Like it's, it's a lot more pressure because it's a lot more personal whereas if it's like you like hiking i like hiking let's go hiking together it's about the thing so if the person's like oh i like to hike on by myself and it's like okay well that's cool i understand mm-hmm. which they won't you know like <laughs> they won't say that they will if you've had a good conversation with them they'll be like that sounds great come hiking with me um so it's inviting yourself um it's making it about the activity like oh you know i heard about this new Italian restaurant. I'm going to go check it out. Let me know if you'd like to join me. So it's, it's so much less personal and so much easier. And then it's the perfect excuse for a date. And you know that you both like, or are
0: interested in the activity. Let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Stellomints. As a dating and relationship coach, I see how anxiety and stress can sometimes sabotage people's success in their romantic lives. If you have been feeling more anxious lately, that's exactly what Stello Mints were made for. Powered by CBD, Stello Mints are a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day and especially before a date with someone you like. They come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. I got the lemon and they are delicious. And now for a limited time, you can get a free sample of Stello Mints. Just go to stellomints.com and use the code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word, and your order is going to be converted to a free sample. That's Stello, S-T-E-L-L-O, Mints. Coupon code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word, for a free sample. And now back to the podcast. So Camille... What makes your book different from all the other dating books that are out there? So it's the only exclusively offline dating book,
1: and, and you can Google it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm the only person teaching exclusively offline uh, tips out there because a lot of people either focus on, on online or like a hybrid approach, uh, which is great. But I am so passionate about all the opportunities for in-person connection Even during a pandemic, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I just love it. I say that I'm I'm addicted to connection, and I just want to give these skills to everybody (laughs) because it's so fulfilling, even if you just do a fraction of um, the effort that I put out to connect with people. But I'm an introvert like you, Sandy. So um, I'm not connecting 24-7. I love my alone time. I love my space. But when I do connect, it's quality over quantity, and it just feels amazing I, I don't feel lonely I feel like I just can have a meaningful conversation with a stranger or with a friend and it's just a skill set that anyone can can adopt
0: yeah I, there's so many great skills that you share because people struggle with making small talk they struggle with conversation in general they get in their head and I remember one of your other tips was get out of your head from head to mouth it's like just Say yep, what you're thinking. I remember bits and pieces. And it's, it's just so important not to overthink and to miss opportunities to say the things that are important. I mean, so many of my clients have important conversations they need to have with people in their lives and they don't say them because of fear. And it's just so important to say these things. To, to, they're usually going to end better than you think. And asking that question that was on your mind when you went home and forgot to ask or were too afraid to ask. So it's, you know, just being able to make these connections. It's almost like magic, I think, when you meet people. It's like you go out of your house and you're on an adventure and Ah. you meet people and it's like, wow, I didn't expect these things to happen. Right. And it's so fun. It's so fun. I love that. It is like magic. I mean, how many
1: even before online dating and apps, like everyone had to meet offline. How many amazing stories are out there of people who missed a bus and and ended up meeting someone because they missed a bus or those split second moments that they ended up meeting someone who was in the rest of their life, was their partner for life or a friend for life or brought them to a new job or, you know, it's those split second moments and you never know when they're going to come. So try to... As much as you genuinely feel like connecting, going out, overcoming the fear, not overthinking it, as soon as you think have a thought that's good about someone, go tell them, go give that compliment, go ask that question. And and you and watch the magic start to happen. You know, it's like intentional magic. Like the more you connect with people, the more magic's gonna happen.
0: That's just a fact. It's really true. I, I just I think that um, I was just thinking of another another thing that happens when you get out of your comfort zone and you go and you do these things like going on a hike is if you joined a meetup where you are in a group you could actually be meeting people of the same sex if you're looking for somebody of the opposite sex but they may know people and that happened to someone I know where she was at a meetup and it was a hiking meetup and she was invited to thanksgiving Many years ago, she sat next to a guy who ended up becoming her husband, And mm-hmm. but he was not in the hiking group, right? So mm-hmm. she, she met this wonderful group of friends. And, and a lot of people also are looking for friends. So connecting with people out in the real world helps you to make more friends. And especially if you're living alone and you're, you're lonely, having somebody to do things with is also a big benefit of, of being out and about. And meeting people.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That really has just been wonderful for me this summer, especially after getting out of my relationship, is just meeting new people, creating new experiences. I've met people through those people, um, having more experiences. Like it's just completely opened up my world in such a beautiful way. And and again, this is stuff that anyone can do. It takes a little bravery, but whatever fear you have of talking to someone or giving a compliment or whatever, I guarantee I've lived through it and it, your fear is never going to be as bad as you think that it is like, but the longer you go without disproving it, the bigger it's, it's going to, to grow. So um, yeah, it's just it's doing something that scares you a little bit. And it's also being and and feeling into you know, who are you being pulled towards? So Sitting somewhere in public, taking a deep breath and thinking, you know, hmm, that person looks interesting, or I'm attracted to that person. Ooh, I don't know if, if I'm confident enough to just walk across and go up to that person, but that other person just looks interesting. I'm going to go explore a connection and comment on their scarf or, or whatever. So, those little intuitive hits, you know, um, can help you decide when you kind of tune into your own int- intuition. So, you're not just like, ooh, there's 20 people here. Where do I start? you know um it's letting letting yourself be guided a little bit by whatever ent- entity or celestial being you believe in
0: <laughs> i love it so those are just such great tips i i love everything that you share i think that we all have to get out of our comfort zone on a regular basis follow our intuition stop overthinking everything Go deeper don't have like a barrage of questions that you hammer at somebody but like have fun have fun and get out and meet people offline and buy Camille's book which just got re released right with with some changes for gender and what what else has been added to the new edition.
1: Yeah. So it's the offline dating method, three steps to attract your perfect partner. And it's updated. The first edition was for women seeking men. And this new second edition is for all genders and all sexual orientations. And I um, interviewed and pulled advice from members of the LGBTQ community from men. So it's, it's truly all inclusive. And then there's a bonus section, how to know if they're your perfect partner, which spoiler alert is all about values.
0: (laughs) (laughs) really good tip because uh, we <laughs> often think it's about we both like to ski <laughs> no <laughs> no not not the right answer um, Camille how can people find you
1: um, they can find my book on Amazon Powell's indie books um, they can go to offline dating method.com to join my free three-day challenge which follows the book whether you have read it or not it'll walk you through kind of the overview of some of the tips in the book so that you can attract a attract a great person in uh under three days and it's worked for a lot of people
0: (laughs) thank you so much camille for coming on the show and for all of our listeners for listening today we hope that um you rate and review our show because that helps me bring more fantastic guests like camille and here's to your Your last last first first date date. (laughs) if you are ready to get unstuck gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.